This is the Fitness Tech Podcast, show number 25 for March 7th, 2011. It is Monday afternoon, and we're here at the Gallup Studios, and I'm here with Jamie Eichmeyer, the trainer from Gallup. Jamie, how are you? Great. How are you doing? Good. How was your training this weekend? It was excellent. I had an, or I got in a two-mile um, quick run on Saturday, and then I did my seven-mile long run on Sunday. Very good. On the treadmill. Wow. You know, I'm getting kind of sick of the treadmill. Yeah, me I'll be too. Honest I cannot wait to go on our long run at Zerinsky. Yeah, I I, uh, I went into the year saying I was going to get as many outside runs as I could. Then I started wussing out on those because we've had this crappy ice snow stuff that I right. guess I could go out and run in. But I haven't been all that excited about it. So I thought, okay, I'm going to hunker down and the treadmill will be fine. It's not. Not so not much. Not for like 17. That's just way too far Ooh, to go. So yeah, definitely Yeah, not. yeah. So it was hmm. uh, so a good weekend. Good. Yeah, you. very good. It was weekend. good weekend. Yes. Well, let folks know if they want to uh, contact the show, they can send us an email podcast at theaverageguy.tv. And uh, your comments, your suggestions, your topics uh, are all appreciated. And we want to remind you, you can also download the podcast to your iPod. Jamie, when are you going to download the podcast to your iPod? I am thinking tonight because <laughs> if I don't do it now, then. Yeah, so we have some links out on the site. So if you go to theaverageguy.tv, there is an iTunes link right there. You just click on that, and it'll automatically load it in the last five um, the last five episodes will automatically load to your iTunes, and then you can load it right to the iPod. And that's free. It's absolutely free. And so um, go out there if you're interested. It just I found uh, listening to it on the computer is not always very handy. And so uh, most folks don't do that if they, if, you know, it's tr- they have a hard time at work or they just won't do it. But if it's on your iPod, you can listen to it while you work out. You can take it, uh, maybe plug it into your car. Most cars mm-hmm. today uh, have an aux port in them, and you can download it right from there. That's what I'll be doing. Yeah, that's what you'll be doing. Yes. It's really a convenient way. You know, you spend 20 to 30 to 45 minutes in the car every day, maybe to and from work, and it's right. a great way to be able to get the podcasts in. So if you have any trouble doing that, you can let me know. Just shoot me an email, podcast at the average guy. TV. Jamie, this weekend I uh, made the three-hour trek from Omaha to Neely. I really thought it was like a two-hour trek. Oh and, my, three uh, hours? You didn't tell me three hours. I know. It was a long way. I, 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 I kind of misjudged the, t- the, uh, the distance. I thought it was an hour from Fremont instead of an hour from Norfolk. Oh. And I was wondering why nobody wanted to go <laughs> <laughs> to this race. It was just 4.7. We did some podcasting around it too, and there's, oh, cool. there's a show out there. Um, where we interviewed Jeff Carpenter, the race director for oh, that. He nice. talks a little bit about what it takes to start a race. And, and you know, I love small town Nebraska. Um, I love small town anywhere. And there were just 36 people in this race. Cool. And How'd was, you do? It was great. You know what? Top 10 finisher. Way to go. Yes. <laughs> Maybe the only time I ever get a top 10. Nice. Anywhere ever <laughs> again. <laughs> racing against 36. Wow. So yeah, it was great. It was good fun, good for the ego, and oh, uh, you know. So we. What was your um, time? Uh, just short, I think, just short of forty. Um, the official times just came out today, and I haven't cool. looked at them yet. So I need to go out and take a take a look at the link. But about forty minutes, four point seven miles, uh, kind of trail runs. It was a little bit of road, off road, um, gravel road, hills, and I swear every hill was uphill. <laughs> <laughs> there was no, there was no downhill in this race. Wow! It was Jeff picked some hard hills, and he didn't think they were hard, but uh, it was a, it was a good race. So mm. folks can go out if they want to know. You know, starting a race uh, is not impossible no. um, to do. In fact, when we talked to Ivan, he has a race that's coming up in about two weeks. When right. we, Ivan Marsh, when we interviewed him after Trek to the Top, he has his own race. Um, but small towns, you know, sometimes you could if you put fifty. Mm. I ran Eagle last year. That was. 150 people, Eagle, the Eagle 10K just outside of Lincoln. That race is on active.com again. It is. It's yes. out the third annual. 
Yeah. And, uh, and so there's some great small town races. If you're intimidated by large numbers, you can do these 10Ks in these small towns. And it's pretty cool. Which is so always fun. Yeah, it was good. So Did Jeff. Did you a t-shirt or anything? Yeah, they had these really nice um, teal. Really? And it says frozen burrito. And I guess somebody in the school made the emblem for it. It's very cool. Oh, neat. They had bananas and donuts and, and you know, stuff for after the race and water. It was really cool. They did they did a nice job. So for a small town race, uh, it kind of nice. had a big, big race feel right. to it. Jeff did a nice job on it. So we have some uh, audio uh, that I did. Um, we interviewed Jeff. And then I have some video where Dan and I showed the track and some of the, oh, cool. well, I didn't get any of the course. But we, we did kind of show what it was like there. So. A lot of fun. TheAverageGuy.tv. How much money did they raise? You know, I don't know. It's a good oh. question. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Jeff ordered too many T-shirts, and so he was selling those off, and so I'm sure that will add. Oh, good. Um, to they're, they're trying to replace the track, there, and it was in desperate need of repair. So mm -hmm. um, it's a, a good cause. And, and so if you want the T-shirt, they look really cool. You can go out on Facebook and, uh, and look for Frozen Burrito, the Frozen Burrito, and uh, you, he's got some information there where you can go out and get and the T-shirts. Yeah. Cool. Hey, the podcast numbers have been really good. Uh, we um, Bart's show did o over 100 downloads nice. and listens. Um, Trek ended up about 300, which was really good. Really so good. Um, it's uh, it's exciting to watch the listeners uh, listenership, I guess, grow in that. And uh, and so it's kind of been fun. So if you're out there listening and, uh, you know, we'd love some feedback. We're getting to the point now in the numbers where we should start getting some feedback from folks. Right. Uh, tell us where you're listening from. For some reason, I've got a whole group of people in Beijing and in uh, Slovakia listening. <laughs> I'm like, why are you listening to the podcast? Right. Um, so we'd like to hear from you. Podcast at TheAverageGuy.tv. Just kind of give us an idea of where you're from. Uh, we got an email from somebody in Portland the other day. And uh, and so, um, of course, it's a big running town. Portland's a big, big running town. But um, so we'd like to hear from you. That'd be great. It, it'd be great. So, well, let's get to our guest uh, today. We have Dave Seavers with us. Dave is a Gallup employee and a good friend of mine. I've done a lot of running with Dave over the last two years. Kind of, Dave, um, maybe I don't know this, but you kind of originally inspired me to run. I, I, really? Yeah. I You know, I'd worked out here for about a year. And I kind of watched all the things that you did from a running perspective. And through a series of events, uh, a little help from a, a Nova TV special where they ran the Boston Marathon. And I knew you'd run marathons before. Yeah. And my thought was, darn it, if those guys can run. You know, it was a bunch of non-athletes that they trained, 12 non-athletes that they trained to run the Boston Marathon. And they all finished. Wow. And I remember thinking, well, shoot, if those guys can do it, wow. I certainly can. And so I started running. And, of course, you and Jody... And um, we've spent a lot of time uh, running with you guys. Anyways, Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Shout out to Slovakia. Hey. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure why uh, we continue to get the Slovakia audience, but uh, it's it's a lot of fun. And Beijing, you know, I can I can see Beijing because there's probably some English-speaking um, folks there that, that maybe, I don't know why they listen to a podcast from Omaha, Nebraska, but they do. Um, Dave, tell us a little bit about, um, and, and you know, your running experience, I think, goes way back. Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit about when, at what point did you kind of really, did it start clicking for you from a from a running perspective? Have you done it kind of your whole life? Was there at some point when, when it just started clicking and, and yeah. you just really started thinking, hey, I could do this? You know, um, sixth grade. Uh, prior really? That? Well, prior to sixth grade, you know, you'd have recess. You'd be running around and, you know, you'd see who you, you could beat and... He couldn't beat in sixth grade. I uh, joined cross country and uh, track and field, so that was the first competitive running I'd ever done. And uh, yeah, I, in, my, in the back of my mind, my first cross country race, I, I'm picturing that I finished last. It probably I was probably in the middle of the pack, 
but I was just not happy with, with how it went. And then, uh, yeah, somewhere, somewhere between sixth and seventh grade, it, it really started, you know, I, I could sink my teeth into it. I will say, um, sixth grade, I did quit the cross country team cause it was so painful really? and difficult. But, um, yeah, I, I went back the next day and, and, uh, saw it through. And then in eighth grade, it, it really started having some uh, success and, uh, just, just loved it. And, uh, I, where, where did you grow up? I grew up in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, a place called Arlington Heights, and yeah. uh, hmm. and so yeah, that's where I, I got my start. We had when I worked for the bank, we had a data processing center there, sure. in Arlington Heights. But um, so uh, you're a northern climate, so you had to deal with all the winters. You're not a southern boy who could run, or you could run all the time, right? You had to deal with winters yeah. and and snow and all those things, right? Yeah, and I, you know, in, in high school especially, too, when I started getting more serious, um, I, I can remember just, uh, well, there was a, a Christmas where I got some running tights for a present, and I just I could not wait for the coldest day to get out and use these things. I'd never worn tights before. I don't wear them a lot, for the record. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, uh, I, I ate it up. It didn't matter the weather. I, I can remember another time, uh, the middle of the night, um, there for some reason it was a foggy misty evening and uh i had i had my dad actually wake up he was asleep and go out on a, one of my favorite courses and take a picture of me in this fog because i just i love the challenge of any kind of weather and and anything but yeah so yeah you're kind of known around here as the the foul weather runner when when the weather's the worst you're out there uh in full gear getting it done what's it what's that about for you i mean what wh- Getting outside, kind of nasty weather. What's that about? It, you know, sometimes it feels. Um, I mean, f- for a lot of people, I'm sure the running experience is a group thing, and for me included. But there are there are times where, um, you know, even if you're running with the group, somehow you're in your own little world, and there's some peace there, and some. Um, uh, well, so weather. Uh, I can remember a time last year where there was some freezing, freezing fog. Whatever below zero it was, and I went out. I, I don't really know why, but you know, you just pack your stuff and then you go. And I, I was the only one out there that I saw, and it just something about the feeling, the smells, the sights. Just it, it was you know not just in my imagination, but I felt literally like I was in my own world running. And so, um, and then and then you get back in and. And, uh, you know, your face is frozen off and, you know, why did I do that? Well, you know, it's, it's a character builder just, just like any run, but it seems like, um, you know, when you, when you embrace that weather, then, Hey, if you get a race where, you know, you've got some rain or something that's uncomfortable or any, any situation, you're just sort of better prepared for it overall. So that's where I'm coming from on that. Did, um, so you ran all through high school, you ran in college. I did, um, I did for a few years. Um, I ran locally in the suburbs um, at a two-year college before coming out to Nebraska. I ran for um, Concordia in Seward, Nebraska mm-hmm. sure. for a year and a half, two sure. seasons of cross-country, a season of track. And we actually went to the, the, the first year NAIA national meet with a bunch of great guys. Um, just loved cross-country. Um, I mean, from the sixth grade all the way through college, just the camaraderie, um, just, you know, just some of the best people are running. Um, and uh, just lifelong friends there, and uh, so yeah, I, I continued that through college, and and I really enjoyed it. Now, some of us, um, some of us, and when I mean us, I mean me, uh, go through this um, maybe a point in our lives when we don't uh, necessarily participate in physical activities, 
And uh, when I, I did a lot of running when I was in the military, and when I got out, I swore I'd never run again. And, and I held that promise for about 15 years and uh, ballooned up in weight. And, and uh, once I came to Gallup, I began to start shedding some of that weight. But, Dave, have you gone through a time in your life when you kind of when you kind of moved away from it, not just running? Because I know you're not just a runner. I mean, you're kind of a fitness guy in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. Um, has there been a time in your life when you moved away from that for, for any reason? You know, I tried. I made some some um specific efforts to just sort of change things up and and not run and and it was really forced on me by injury quite honestly to start and um you know i, I had a something in my knee whatever and so um you know I, I got a mountain bike and i did that for a while as i was rehabbing and i thought well okay maybe this is just time to stop running because um quite frankly i did have my fastest times in high school um and as far as, you know, fast races and quote unquote winning, you know, is pretty much downhill from there. And, um, which, you know, I, I don't, I'm not uber competitive, but I do, I do like my, to sink my teeth into a race and, 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 uh, and, um, you know, it was tough running and seeing these times that were just as, you know, slower than I was used to. And it used to motivate me. So I moved away just to sort of, you know, see, okay, you know, is this it? Um, but eventually there's just something inside me. I realized I was a runner. Um, and so I had to keep running and okay, if it wasn't for fast times, I had to find another way to motivate myself. And that, that took a while actually. What kind of, um, what kind of technology do you deploy? I mean, this is the fitness tech podcast, you know, so we talk a little bit about technology and what we do. What kind of technology do you use to kind of aid your fitness and your fitness programs? I mean, what are you using at this point? You know, yeah, way back in the day, uh, didn't like to wear a watch. Didn't even really like socks. I just felt Not really felt less like just, a like a cheetah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, and but then, um, you know, and I can remember in in a, a tracing out roots in the phone book with a ruler and a pencil according to the scale and and just adding it all adding them all up that way, um, you know felt pure somehow I don't know but then I got a Garmin uh, 201 many years ago and uh, that was revolutionary for me I mean just the fact that you could see your pace right there and you could just run in a circle or or uh, you know whatever shape you wanted and boom you knew how far you were uh, from home and I thought okay this is okay this is pretty good um recently um I went to another Garmin that's not GPS it's just it's a foot pod and accelerometer and so it approximates distance and things uh, just um, without the GPS. But it also has heart rate monitor, which I've, uh, I can't believe I haven't, but I've, I'd never really paid attention to it until this year. And so of late, I've been really paying attention to the, uh, to the da- data uh, from the heart rate monitor. And um, that's been beneficial. I don't, I don't stick to it like glue. I just, it's just sort of a, a bonus and add-on. Um, but I do, I, I do enjoy gadgetry in fact probably too much which is why i try to keep away from it or i scoop everything up i possibly could so um, but that's about it for me right now okay hard. Oh, go ahead jamie you said you ran without socks i mean have you ever huh. would you consider running without shoes i have tried in wisconsin on a very hot day on a freshly black topped road oh. i can remember for some reason i got it in my head this was oh 15 years ago i guess and i thought okay it's it's a it's a smooth surface so, it, you know, I'll give it a shot. I ran maybe two miles out, two miles back, and it was okay. But, my, you know, check. I checked it off the list. And, uh, you know, I've got 
that, that's a pretty big topic. I've, I've been wearing orthotics um, since, I believe, 1984. So, um, and, and they seem to have helped. So for me personally, I don't know how much uh, minimalist, minim, that's a tough word to say, running without uh, orthotics would work for me. Um, but it's intriguing. I, I, I admire the people that do it. Yeah, definitely. It takes like a special, I mean, person with the perfect gait and the foot type to pull that off. Yeah. Really. And that's not, that is not me as far as me I know. Me either. <laughs> Dave, what do you like to run in when you're out? I mean, what's kind of the preferred running outfit, so to speak? What, what if you could choose any of your gear uh, and, and it was, you know, an average day, mm-hmm. right? What would, uh, what do you like to run in? You know, shoes wise, I, I've got a, uh, plug Asics because I've been running in them since also since 1984. Um, tried a number of brands before that, but um, they've really worked for me. And I don't know if it's because they're maybe a little wider, so they fit my orthotics better or what. But um, uh, you know, definitely an A plus for the Asics. Um, wow, love the Smart Wool socks. I don't know if anybody's not tried Smart Wool, but um, you think wool socks? What? No, it, they're great. They they sort of Wick the moisture free, away. Pretty dry. Oh yeah, um, you know, cool, cool uh, during the summer and and get the moisture away during the winter and any time. And those are the. That's all you really need. Uh, so I I haven't thought of that. I've I've tried some various New Balance and some synthetic, um, various kinds of socks and haven't found a lot of success in those. They're a little too thin. I need a little. I need a little more cushion. They're kind of slippery. Yeah, they kind of are, and yeah. and they're that way because they're they're. That you know that polyester or whatever's in there, that wicking mm-hmm. and or the wicking right stuff is pulling, yeah, pulling the pulling the moisture away. And they are, I mean, they are kind of wicked. You pull your shoe off, and within a, about ten seconds, they're dry. I mm. mean, they're 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 that good. But not my, not my favorite socks to run in at times, especially the longer distance. They kind of rub my feet. Um, so socks are important, I think in the long, you know, in the long haul. And so the guys at the shoe store over at peak performance told me, you know, find a pair of socks you're comfortable with and buy those. Definitely. Uh, they, they had a, tr- they had a hard time. I shouldn't say hard time. They, they weren't like, you have to have this kind of sock. It was, well, let's try these and find one out of these that works well for you. And then kind of stick with that brand. So mm-hmm. Dave, you have, um, uh, so last two years ago, right now at this point, you're Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, Ironman Florida, did I, is that the correct? Did I get that? Did I get that right? That is correct. Um, that was your first Ironman, first and only of my life, of your life. Yeah, the one and only so far. Yeah, and um, give us a little bit of idea. What did it take? When did you start preparing for that? What What made you, you know, first? What made you want to do that? And and then, mm. um, what 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 kind of led you up to it from a training and nutrition standpoint? Okay. Um, well. Not only did I run since the sixth grade, but my brother, uh, Mike, he also ran as well. Um, he's two years younger, but he was the first one in the family to ever do a triathlon. And, and so um, um, that sort of inspired me. I can remember um, just uh, setting up a bike trainer in the basement and, uh, and watching Iron Man on TV, Dave Scott, Scott Tinley, and uh, just being inspired by those early days of, of television coverage, and I even bought a, a uh, you know Hawaiian flower lei to put on the handlebars of my bike, just to sort of symbolize. And, and I bought one for my brother too. You know, maybe someday we, we could do this. Uh, what a, you know, be a part of Ironman somehow. Not really knowing what would happen, and, and uh, did some triathlons early on in the late '80s, and then just focused on running pretty much until wow, 2007. Those were Olympic. 
tries distance the the ones you did in the 80s yes that okay. i think probably the distances were sort of all over the place back then but yeah roughly olympic okay so 10k so that's uh how far is that swim uh, around about 1.5k right okay. around a mile and 40k or about 25 miles of the bike, the bike and more a, or less and then a 10k sprint it really is i watch those olympic athletes do that now and they it is really full out for two hours i mean it's a it's oh a, yeah it's a Sprint swim, it's a sprint right. bike ride, it's a sprint run. I mean, they are really moving. Those so. top athletes are are incredible. Um, yeah, if you ever get a chance, it's tough to ro- watch a triathlon in person because I mean, stuff's just flying by you. But if you can catch just a little glimpse of the, glimpses of some of these athletes, it's just you cannot believe how fast they're moving. Yeah. So at at what point then? How far out from Florida did you kind of make the decision to? Say hey, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot for this Ironman. Well, 2007. If I'm getting that that year right, um, my wife Jody, who um, was running in her third Ironman at the time in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, um, she was about roughly halfway through the run. It was a hot day, and uh, the run was a marathon. Um, um, this at the end of the swimming and biking, and she uh, she pointed at me as I was cheering around from the sidelines and. She said, "You're next," and wow. uh, I wasn't That's really sure cool. what she meant by that, but I had, had a sinking feeling I did. And, and so, uh, That's yeah. awesome. That's kind sort of, of a, she's kind of calling you out, huh? Basically, at that point. I mean, and and really that year, I, I wasn't signed up for an Ironman, but I was doing the training along with her. Uh, not all of it, um, but you know, we had we had a a few hundred mile plus bike rides in there, and so sort of building my confidence. Even before I, you know, had decided to even that I would take on the challenge, so that's that's where it started in earnest. I would say. That's awesome. Did um, so as you went into the training um, for this. What I mean, kind of just quickly walk us through what's a day in the life of a of a Ironman, so to speak, or a pre Ironman in this case. Yeah. Well, what kind of training were you doing for that? You know, at the very start. Um, just building a base, uh, a foundation, uh, especially with the running and then the biking and the, and the swimming, you could kind of get away with a little bit less, but, um, you know, when I finally did sign up for that Florida Ironman, you have to sign up a year in advance. So there's a little bit of a, a warning that, okay, there's something coming here and I better get ready. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, roughly three swims, three bikes, three runs, and then three something else per week is what you kind of shoot for. Uh, for me, you can do a lot more. It's it's not all about just swimming, bike, and running as much as you can all the time. Um, it's about training smart. It's about listening to your body, about knowing when to rest, how to rest. And uh, but roughly, I had that idea in my mind uh, as far as uh, frequency and um, like you've kind of been hitting at with the nutrition, just, just making sure, just checking my diet. Okay. What am I eating? What should I not be eating? Do I need more fruits and vegetables? All that stuff. Just, just to get ready. Is there, oh, go ahead. Is there anything that you cut out of your diet that you previously were eating? Uh, not initially, but once I sort of got into the flow, you know, after several months, I realized that, um, I, it's cause it's hard because you're training so much. Um, and you're hungry. I'm hungry all the time at that level of training. And so it's tough to eat the right things and sort of step back and go, okay, I, I want a deep dish pizza, the whole thing. 
but I am going to maybe have a slice of thin crust spinach pizza and some uh, some kiwi and some uh, what you know. So I, yeah, there were definitely urges that I had to um, focus on and and deal with. So uh, you you trained up right to get there. Yeah, and uh, and and walk us through that day a little bit. I mean, you know. I, I mentioned this, we talked to Bart last week about the Ironman, and, and I talked to Jason Jacetic uh, in some of the other podcasts about his mm. ultra stuff. And, yeah. you know, there's a little bit, if you've never done these things before, there's a little bit of a romantic uh, overtone in some of this. Uh, you know, we kind of fantasize about how great this is going to be to kill ourselves all day in an Ironman. And, and it's, at some point at the end of the day, it just becomes a bunch of hard work yeah. uh, to get it done. So walk us through that day a little bit for you. You know, run, bikes, uh, I'm sorry, swim, bike, run. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and how'd that go for you? What are the memorable, what are the high high points of that? Maybe even a low point. You know, um, we got there with a number of other uh, triathlete friends from Nebraska. And so that was comforting, just the camaraderie and, and their experience. I could kind of lean on a little bit. And and maybe it was a training that I'd done, but I I never got nervous, which surprised me. Um, although, it, you know, Maybe I didn't have time to think about it because it, just quick flashback, there were there were rides, 100-mile bike rides, where every 30 miles or so I would have to get off the bike, lie flat on the ground because my back hurt so much. I was, I was writhing around in pain, and, you know, when the entire ride was done, I, I would just, you know, be in the driveway just spent. And I'm like, how in the world am I going to preface this with 2.4-mile swim and then throw a marathon on after, the, uh, after that? So, I, honestly, I did not know what was going to happen. I, I, you know, I hadn't done one before, so w- there wasn't a time that I was really focused on. I had a rough idea. I was, I was hoping for maybe 13, 14 hours, but all I really wanted to do was finish. And I was pretty sure that given, given the work that I'd done, I was pretty sure I could finish. So, um, you know, some practice swims and rides the day before, and then you get up so early, um, you know, uh, Jody has these checklists um, extensive checklists on, you know, what to pack and then, you know, how to prepare the day before and, and the day of. And so you really have to be, um, it, it helps to have somebody experienced like that to, so that something crazy doesn't happen in the morning. You forget your bike pump or what happens if, you know, you know, you blow a tire in the, in the transition there, who knows, but everything went pretty smoothly as far as that goes. Um, we were, I, I think we were probably the first ones in line to check into the transition just cause Jody likes to get up early and, um, and that was okay. And, and then just, you know, the people start to show up. And the more the people show up, the volunteers, the athletes, the place just comes to life. And, um, again, something something was happening. I didn't know what it was, but I knew it was going to be great. And uh, as the day came alive, um, I, got, I got excited. And yet, you know, been running for so long, it just sort of stayed within myself. And I was able to sort of focus on the task at hand. Um, yeah, a little swim, bike, and run. Jason, when I was interviewing him uh, this weekend, you know, he was running a 100-mile snowshoe race. He had said, you know, he, he, there were times when he was in the pit of despair yeah. during this. During your Ironman, uh, was there a moment when you were kind of like, this needs to be over, like, right now? And, you know, maybe questioning your why you're out there on the course? Well, you know, so you, you, the, the gun hasn't gone off yet. You're still in your wetsuit. Um, um on the beach, you, you take a little swim out, just a little warm-up swim, and you see a you see a stingray swim under you. This is an ocean swim, and you think, okay, don't think, 
you, you just you just do what you have to do. The the gun goes off, and I I once compared it to sort of like a, a school of dolphin and a herd of buffalo, uh, all going at the same time. And at, at that point, um, you know, I'd look back to the shore to, to see all the athletes and all the all the white water, and I, I was just into it at that point. I just I just went with whatever the day brought me. The swim went by pretty easily, um, relatively speaking. Um, you know, you, you get your wetsuit stripped off, you get on your bike, it's just go, go, go. It's all about just, just moving. Um, the bike, uh, briefly just went spectacularly for me. I, it was the best, it was faster than I'd ever ridden in any training mo- ride by, you know, two and a half miles per hour. So I was able to, um, you know, head into the run with some confidence. And yet the whole thing about triathlon is getting to that run safely, you know, not spending too much energy. So in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, is this going to be really hard? Am, am I going to have anything left for the run, given what I've done so far? Um, halfway through the run, I was on pace for a 3:40 marathon, and um, I, you know, I did it just by tapping into my running uh, background, racing background, just keying off people. You know, if somebody looked about my pace, I would just latch onto them, and I could just check out. Um, I, you know, I tried to look around me and enjoy the day, but I just really focused on one person at a time, and I just tried to go with them. And, uh, for as long as that lasted and, and that, yeah, that got me to a great half marathon. But then about to your question, about 16 miles, the inevitable, my legs kind of got wonky. I started getting a little dizzy and I thought, I I literally thought, oh no, you know, I've all this work and now I'm not going to be able to finish because they're going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, lay down on the ground and somebody's going to DQ me or pull me into, into an ambulance. And, and that was the point where I really... Uh, question what the day how it would end up so how did you feel emotionally at that point I mean was what was I mean you kind of say oh no but I mean what are the emotions that are going through you at that point yeah I I hadn't DNF too many races in my career but one was uh in if I'm getting the year right again 07 in the Chicago Marathon the, the year where it was just really hot and people were dropping like flies and just a crazy scene and they actually you know, canceled Close the race. They after did part way right through. Now. Yeah, had two finish lines, and and so you know, you get little visions like that. Um, but uh, quite honestly, so there's the swim, bike, run, and and the fourth event is it sometimes called nutrition. And I'd done a half iron earlier in the year in Kansas, and I did not do a great job of nutrition and, and hydration and calories, and and I ended up in the medical tent taking two IVs, and so. I, I practiced the nutrition and I felt like, you know, even though my legs were given out and, and I was feeling a little bit off, um, you know, I, I wanted to walk. Yeah. It, it, it hurt a lot. I, I thought I've given everything I had to give, but then I thought, okay, what's, what's the positive. I drank so much water, got all my electrolytes. I had a, a bunch of calories. I thought, you know what, there, I can push through this, you know, whether you're running a 5k an Ironman, whatever, there, there usually comes a moment where you have to decide, okay, do, do I want to push through this pain or do I just want to sort of, you know, coast? Um, so briefly, I coasted because it hurt a lot. Uh, but then, you know, I did a thing where, okay, I, I made a deal with myself. I'm going to run 100 steps. I'm going to walk 50 steps and repeat until I either, you know, can't go anymore or until I start running again. And I did rally about 22 miles at the 22-mile mark. Um, I was running again back to nine-minute miles. And, um, wow, I paused briefly because in my mind I can see the finish line approaching. That's cool. 
pretty emotional. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I remember, you know, and that's a great advice. You and I ran uh, up Mount Evans together. Yeah. And we would do these, okay, next poll. You know, okay, we're going to run two polls now. We're going to, you know, and, and that is, I think that's a great technique to use when you're uh, when you're struggling in a race is to break it down to even the steps. I never thought of counting steps, and, and that may be when I run Lincoln <laughs> this this uh, spring, that may be uh, uh, something I need to deploy, you know, in the 20s to get me in as run 100, walk 50 to get, because I get really sick at yeah. that point, and I struggle with that. But pretty emotional finish then for you, right? I mean, coming across the finish line, that was wow. pretty emotional. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'd, I'd watched him on TV pretty religiously, and... Uh, run a lot of races, a lot of races in my life. Um, and, uh, somehow, um, I knew this was going to be the pinnacle. I, I, there's just, you know, there's no soundtrack, um, to the race m- musically, but, but just the energy is, is, was music to my ears. Just the, the volunteers were, were awesome. The, the, uh, you know, the other athletes by, you know, by my side, just incredible. And just, somehow you just get pulled and pulled and pulled and pushed and whatever it takes. And you just, you find a way. And so I look up and, um, you know, I, I, you know, I'm at maybe mile 26 or whatever, 0.2 to go. And I know I'm going to make it. And, uh, so I, you know, I, um, yeah, Bart, uh, when he was on, he described, um, I, I think, or at some point, some picture he had in his video, the the light of the finish line as salvation he's like that's salvation right there and um i didn't feel that way exactly but um it there's something about that finish line and so yeah cross it um there's a guy there i can't remember his name but he's the announcer for all the iron man races and he's supposed to say dave sievers you are an iron man that's not his voice that's yeah. horrible <laughs> no i always tease you with that voice although <laughs> yeah no you do a great job I don't know, but he missed me. I, I crossed oh. the line. I kind of spaced it out. So spaced, you know, you kind of put a little buffer between you and another runner, so you right. can have your moment and they can have theirs. I didn't hear my name. Maybe he said it, and I didn't hear it. I don't know. But then my wife, who had finished her fourth Ironman, twenty-six minutes ahead of me, um, was still in the finish shoot. She was right there as I crossed the line. She looked up. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's great. She said, that's you great. are an Iron Man. And, uh, yeah, just started crying. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I never, uh, I never experienced that in a race before. And, you know, when you and I ran Evans, yeah. uh, I got to the end and I broke down. And I'm just not, I'm not typically that kind of guy. And a lot of people say, well, Jim, it's just a race. And yet that was a, that was a tough day. And that was my Iron Man, right? 14, yeah. 14 and a half miles starting at 10,000 feet, working your way up to 14.5. That was a long day for us, you know, three hours something. I can't remember what the, what that was. But I remember I got to the top, and I cried like a baby. I mean, yeah. I, I, I cried at the finish. I saw <laughs> Dave. I cried again. Yeah. So it's, it's an amazing, it's that emotional. It is that thing I think that you, you, you look for. And I was surprised by it. It surprised me that day. I, yeah. I, I was not anticipating at the top of Evans of, of tears. And yet, uh, you get to that, you've worked so hard to get to that point right. and then you're finishing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah, it's working hard and meeting amazing. that goal. Yeah. Hey, we got just a few minutes left. And so unfortunately, this is, this is a great, great interview, Dave. I appreciate that. A couple of minutes, but Thanks, talk a little bit about what's coming in the future. We know you have Ironman Canada. Yes. International Ironman. Yeah. And up in the Vancouver area, when is that and, and kind of where are you at in your training right now? That is in late August. I've been training um, since September, um, you know, just kind of uh, having periods of just 
bass, maybe adding some volume here, some intensity there, some fun stuff here, just keeping it light um, uh, so I don't, you know, burn out, so I don't get injured. And, um, yeah, it's training's going really well. Um, uh, have some other races between now and then that I'm sort of using as stepping stones. So um, sort of training for, for Ironman, but also these other races in my mind. I've got, you know, Ironman's the A race, but I've got a, a B race, a C race, and some other races uh, so that you know i'm not just going full bore all the time but um you know I, honestly i'm really um i've been just inspired by a lot of athletes around me um you know um here at gallup just so many uh so many people with so many stories uh that just you know if you tune into them they, they're just so motivating um you know, at the place I work out, other people training for, for different Ironman events. Um, you know, uh, another group, uh, Jody and I, uh, spoke with, um, a couple weekends ago. It's, it's a group of people training for their first ever triathlon of any distance. It's a, it's a sprint and just hearing all these people and, and the things that they're setting themselves up for and how hard they're working. Um, well, you know, when people around me work hard, I, I want to work hard. And so, um, that's really been, uh, the thing that's been feeding my training lately and i'm just trying to keep it going um as we get into the the harder portion of the of the training schedule heading into august well that's cool dave i think you know uh, jamie and i have been talking about it and we're going to try and follow you uh as you kind of get closer and closer to that uh to that event and uh, and maybe get you back on the show in five or six weeks and kind of ask you how things are going and yeah. and and just you know find so as folks can kind of listen to you know so now they know you they know about you we'll we'll get you back on here and and uh, you can kind of say where you're at in your training and what you're looking forward to there'll be some highs and lows yeah I, I imagine course, in, in yeah. the training as you're getting ready no athlete gets to a Ironman event without some kind of injury in, in some way I, I think you know it's you're always it's a foot or it's an ankle it's a knee it's your back it's something along those lines you got to kind of tough through it so uh you know we'd like to hear how you're training and and how the training is going and how you're feeling great and uh and i told uh, i told somebody maybe i told jamie i'd love to find some way to to a podcast live (laughs) from the event yeah in in vancouver or or where's where actually is it at it's penticton (laughs) i don't i'm (laughs) not using the canadian (laughs) accent no that's uh it's east of Vancouver by some distance, okay. maybe four or five hours by car, something okay. like that. So, so you, you'll fly into Vancouver and then make your way out there for... We'll get there somehow. The we'll we'll yeah. fly, we'll drive. That'll be great. We'll, yeah, we'll figure uh, it out. It's exciting. So, Dave, we're looking forward to following you great, along thanks. those lines. Jamie, sorry to kind of dominate here. Oh, I'm just so inspired. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh, Dave, like your story is amazing. Well, yeah. yeah. I don't know. That I just thanks to you and, and Ryan and, and Jim and just so many people that have just, you know, when, when running was difficult, cause like you're saying, there were injuries and, and low times and just all the people that have pushed me through to get to this point. So yeah. I appreciate you guys a lot. Uh, Dave, my first 20 is with you. So wow. it's, it's, nice. it's, uh, it's kind of fun to, you know, to be, uh, to be, that's a big deal. I mean, my first, uh, 12 was with Ryan Wolf and, right. and so, you know, you remember those, I hadn't run 12 miles uh, maybe ever in my life. And, and Ryan kind of challenged me one day we went out and did it and, uh, first half marathon, you know, with a group and you don't, you don't forget those things as, as you know, you have those significant events, uh, uh, out there. And the very first 20 I did, we ran a group out in the Walnut Creek area and yeah. you and Jody were out there and, and, uh, Wolfie of course was out there running with us. And that's a big day. We put our feet in ice. Ooh, yeah. And I, I cried like a baby. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Again. 
<laughs> yeah, although it wasn't the same kind of crying. No, I was no. kind of sniveling it at was, that point. It was <laughs> it hurt, and I didn't want to deal with the pain. But well, Dave, thanks for coming on, and and Jamie, again, sorry that I I asked all the questions. I've been waiting for this interview for a oh, long time. Oh yes, I'd had these questions stored up in my in my head for a long time, knowing no, where perfect. we wanted to go with Dave. So, Dave, we'll follow you. We'll let you know. We we'll get you back on the schedule. We'll follow right. your training as you go forward. And and uh, again, thanks. Let folks know. Uh, again, they can contact us podcast at theaverageguy.tv. Um, if you want to follow Dave, you have a bl- you have a blog, right, Dave? You know, I, c- I could give you an address. It's it's I don't blog as much as I should. I did blog last night about nutrition and how many calories I, I might I thought I think I might need for the race, but um, yeah, it's davidsevers.blogspot.com, I believe, or else okay. there's a link off my Facebook page. Yeah, and not a lot in there, but we'll put a link in the show notes uh, to this show as well. So if folks want to go over there. Um, take a look and and look at Dave's um, site. You can do that. Lots of good stuff out there. Uh, maybe that'll be you know uh, your avenue, your outlet as you get ready for the Ironman, and you can put various things out there sure. that uh, that folks like to see. So, Jamie, we've got a busy week of training, and uh, we've got the Leprechaun Chase this weekend, which will be a lot of fun here in the Omaha area. I'm sure folks listening around, or at least in the United States, might be able to find a St. Patrick's Day run. There are a lot out of there. Some kind. Yes. The uh, Leprechaun Chase actually sold out mm-hmm. uh, this year, I think. A thousand? Yeah. Is that? Am I, I believe am, so. Am I right? And Dave, are you running? I there? am. Yeah, looking okay, forward to it. Okay, big group. This is going to be a great run this year, it I is. think. Only the second annual already sold out, which is kind of amazing. Right. And, uh, and we got a big group from Gallup, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing kind of all the seasonal friends that you make. Uh, when you're out running, so that should be a lot of fun, and and then we've got some races that head up to Lincoln. So yeah, we've mm-hmm. we've got uh, we've got some stuff coming up. So we'll keep you posted on that stuff. Watch theaverageguy.tv. I'm always blogging about the races that we do, pictures, video, all kinds of stuff. You might, who knows, you might even make it in the uh, in the podcast at some point. So thanks again for listening. This is the Fitness Tech Podcast, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>